0: chapter 4, we're going to be starting at verse 1, we're going to do verse 1 to 7, then we're going to drop down a little bit, and we're going to do 11 to 16, Ephesians chapter 4, Ephesians 4, if you got it, if you got it, stand up, Ephesians chapter 4, if you got it, stand on up. Ephesians chapter four. We've got to stand on up. It's
1: not gonna be on the screen. Gotcha. Way to go. We're
0: there. We're there. Ephesians chapter four. Okay. Before we get there, I just want you to keep it, keep it open, keep it open, keep it there. Feel free to sit back in. Okay. I want to do a little social experiment tonight. This is. This is for me personal. I want to do some a little social experiment. Stand up if pizza is your favorite food. If it's your second favorite food. Sorry, I don't have. Well then you're gonna sit a lot tonight. Okay. Stand up if your favorite color is orange. That's what I thought. I, that color. I don't think anybody in the world actually likes the color orange. Orange Orange is like a bright depression. Yellow is low close to So stand up if you like fast music over slow music. That's so difficult. Well, you know, listen Like, it's a, it's a. What genre? Is it like a dance? Any genre, if it's fast, if it's. Are we like a dance party and we're going to like throw it back in? No, we're like, we're just chilling, we're chilling. We're chilling. Okay, chilling, yeah, fast music, so We're right? driving down the street. We're driving down the street. Fast music over slow music? Nine oh, down like, like, Stonebridge. Yeah, Did you just? <laughs> so, okay, sit back down. Stand up if you think Batman is better than Superman. Sit back down. Stand up if you don't have an opinion. Harley <laughs> was <laughs> coming up. I knew. Caitlin yeah. too. Norm. Okay, stand up if you understand why the African-American community is angry. I could go a million different ways with this. Book, <laughs> I could be so controversial, but I'm choosing not to. Okay, sit back down. Stand up if you agree that rioting and looting is justifiable. Okay, well, I mean, Everything it's, it's is like, black like and white. Everything black and so white. Sociable. Okay, Good. stand don't up. That you believe don't it. That's your belief. Stand up for what you believe in. But yeah. it's like yeah. a special yeah. case scenario. Okay. I'll okay, sit back to that. Okay, yeah. now because sit back down. Because you Good. can't deal with absolutes. Stand up yeah. if you think COVID is fake or overdramatic. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fake or overdramatic. <laughs> okay, overdramatic. Okay, stand up if it's overdramatic. See, we're, getting we're getting somewhere, we're getting somewhere, we're getting somewhere. Sit back down, sit back down. Stand up if you think you can disagree with someone respectfully. No, no, Sit down and sit down. This is the message for you. This is the message for you. Sit back down. Sit back down. We can disagree with other people. Stand up if you get angry when people disagree with you. Keep. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Of <laughs> <internet>. <laughs> For me. Okay, sit back down. It's sit back very down. Very it's, down. Different. It's, different. It's, different. it's different. Stand up. Stand up if you think less of people because they disagree with you. It depends on the. Oh, oh, <laughs> so <laughs> as I can tell, we have a lot of opinions, don't we? A lot of opinions. And of out. Out. <laughs> we live, we live in a society. We live in a society that has a lot of opinions. And the great thing about this society and the culture that we live in is that it is a part of our genetic makeup in the United States to be able to voice those opinions whether you are right or you are wrong. But a lot of our times, these opinions become divisive and hurtful. Sometimes these opinions that we have have the capability to be divisive and hurt other people. Stand up if you agree with that. Sometimes our difference of opinions end up being hurtful and very divisive. Okay, just sit back down. But the truth is, we're not always going to agree with one another. We're not always going to agree with one another on the over-dramatization or the lack of dramatization of COVID. We're not always going to agree with one another in the justifiability of, of responses to anger. We're not always going to agree with everybody in regards to who we should vote for. But guess what? Jesus commands us to love our neighbors. And you know what I love about Jesus? He puts a period at the end of it. He don't put a comma. He don't put a little dot, dot, dot. He don't even put a but at the end. The but was not in the room. He said that love your neighbor, period, regardless of if they look like you, think like you, act like you, vote like you, regardless of if they are a southerner like you, or. Or from California or wherever else. Regardless, he says, "Love our neighbor." And one last question: Stand up if you think us as believers tend to suck at this commandment. Hey, we got a ninety-nine percent of this room. Oh yeah. All right, y'all can sit back down. Now to see like we're talking about loving our neighbors and to find out what loving our neighbor looks like we need to talk we need to look at Paul Paul talked a lot about to a lot of different settings to a lot of different cultures to a lot of different people and guess what Paul talked in a lot of different political settings he talked to a lot of people that believed in a lot of different things he would talk to a group of people one day and then a couple months later in a journey he's going to talk to another people that believe a whole different thing One day he would talk to people that believe that that even as you are in Christ you need to be circumcised. And then he would go to another group of people and they believe the exact opposite. He would go to to one church and they believe that you are saved by your works. But then another church he's preaching and, and saying that you are only saved by grace. So Paul is known for being able to preach on unity. If anyone knows how to to preach beyond culture, preach beyond the mindset and the thinking, it was Paul. And guess what? Paul still lived a life of loving thy neighbor. And so I think when we think about unity and think about loving one another, we should look at Paul. Because what Paul talks about in regards to loving our neighbor is that unity and maturity are, are something that should be demonstrated within the believer. If you want to think, if you think and want to believe that you are are mature, well, guess what? You are going to exhibit unity according to Paul. So guess what? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 to 7, and we're going to skip all the way down to 11 to 16. So you're already there. It says, "As a prisoner for the Lord then. I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble. He's already starting off. He's already yelling at us. He's just... He's already going off. I already feel it. He says, be completely humble and gentle. Guess what? Be patient. Bearing with one another in what? Love. Love. It says, make every effort, every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of what? Peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. Our Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and one father of all. Who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. Drop down all the way to verse 11. It says, so Christ himself, what did he do? He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers to equip his people for works of service. So that the body of Christ may be built up until what? We reach all unity in faith and in knowledge of the Son of God and become what? Mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in what? In what? Speaking the truth in what? Love. We will grow because in every respect The mature body of him Who is the head, that is Christ From him the whole body Joined and held together by every supporting ligament Grows and builds itself up in what? Love. It's on the screen I mean, I don't know what else we're going to do <laughs> I don't have a sign Sorry, the next time It says, builds itself up in love As each part does the work So there's some simple truths We can learn from Paul In regards to unity, if you look at at your Bible, the heading, it says, unity and maturity in the Spirit. He's telling us how we can be united and mature in the Spirit. And so, as Paul's talking, as, as Paul is someone that has a dynamic plethora of trying to unite the church from all different continents, from all different regions, I feel like there's something we should take away. One of the first things that we need to take away is that spiritual maturity is found within you. Stand up if you think you're spiritually mature. Even in the slightest. I mean in the slightest. <laughs> Give me some Dear God, it's been three and a half years. I've been here so much. Thanks for your honesty. Not even in the slightest. Like if in the slightest. even a hint. Even if you think you've grown since you're a baby. This is depressing. There we go. Because I believe it. I believe that there's been some sense. Sit back down. <laughs> so if you are spiritually mature, guess what we need to be pursuing? Unity. You, you know, I look at this room and this in, in some ways it kind of bothers me in some senses because I'm like, okay, we have someone, we have two all the way back borders like there's nothing united about our group in our room right now. And it's like you we got this but so as spiritually mature people we should be looking to you don't have to move it's all good but in order for us to live a life it starts at the very beginning paul starts talking about he says if you want to live a life worthy of the calling of god we must remain united all of us here want to be seen as worthy of the calling of god not the calling of of ministry not the calling of of pastoring or teaching but the calling of being a son and a daughter of god all of us want to live a life that reflects Christ. All of us want to live a life that is united and is, and is completely bonded and completely united with Christ. We want to be a good example. And he says, if you want to live a life that is of uni- unity and of worthy of the calling of God, guess what? You need to be united with one another. And it is not, and unity is not, and I agree with everything you say. Unity is not an agreement of everything you say. Because guess what? There are going to be some things and opinions that we may not agree on. And I may, I may have a conversation with with John, Eric, or Marley, and and Marley may say something, and I may not agree. But guess what? That doesn't. We're not saying that now because me and Marley don't see eye to eye on a topic or or something, or that we are no longer united. But this is something that is super. That this is different. This is something that is going deeper beyond just a surface area and a surface agreement. We have to be united with one another spiritually. Unity is being mature enough to accept that. Even that individuals and their personal self are going to offend you. Being spirit, being unity and being being united and walking in maturity is recognizing that at some point, someone's opinion is going to offend you. It is going to hurt you. You are going to look and be like, how can that person be so stupid? But reality is that spiritual maturity is about relating to how we relate to one another. Spiritual maturity is only a small portion of how much we love God and how much we read our word. But part of spiritual maturity is being able to disagree and still remain united with one another. Part of spiritual maturity is being able to relate to how we can relate to one another. And, I, and here's what I love about Paul. Paul is like a list maker. Paul makes lists. It is so easy to be able to understand what Paul wants to say and all the benefits, because here's what Paul does. He just lists them out. So it says, like, part of being spiritually mature and, and being able to relate to one another is that we have to be completely humble. We have to walk in humility with one another. We have to be humble. And here's here's the the difference maker right now. There are so many mentalities of, of Republicans are smarter and better than a Democrat. A Democrat is smarter and better than a Republican. A white person is better than a black person. A black person is better than a white person. There are so many self exaltations, but guess what? Jesus never exalted himself. What he did was he remained humble. A lot of us in our life, We are on, just like Eve, we are on a mission for omnipotence. We want to know everything. We want to be everywhere. We want to be a part of everything. We are looking to be like God, but we were never created to know everything. The reality is you do not know everything. There are perspectives that you are missing. The only one that gets to see the whole is God. The only one that sees every avenue and knows the distinct truth is God. So to walk in unity, to walk in spiritual maturity is to be humble, recognizing that me and you, we may be different. I may be more progressed than you, but at the end of the day, all we are are sinners that are in need of a Savior. That all we are are finite in, in regards and in light of his infinite. He continues and he says to walk in gentleness You know, there's a lot of people that say the right thing but say it the wrong way. There's a lot of people that say everything that is right, they may say everything is factual. They may fact check it, they may may fake use it, they may be it. they may be fully educated, but they say it the wrong way. And it says a harsh word stirs up strife and problems. Why do we think we're living in a lot of strife right now? Because guess what? Not a lot of people are humble and not a lot of people are gentle. So we need to walk in gentleness. Spiritual maturity is being able to communicate and talk in gentleness. Being able to communicate with one another without having to get loud. You ever know someone that like they're saying everything but their tone is just a little bit like off and you're like, hmm, getting a little mean. Like that sounds rude and you instantly, it's not what they said, it's how they said it. We need to walk in gentleness. This is patience. You know, there are some people that are more progressed. There are people that are ignorant towards truth. But we've got to be patient with them. got to walk in patient that maybe they don't get everything that's correct because we would want someone to be patient with us in our ignorance and in our lack of knowledge and in our lack of experience. It says, bear one another with love. We need to bear with one another, even when we don't see eye to eye. It continues, and it says, choosing... To pursue, choosing and pursuing unity. That needs to be our top mission, to choose and pursue unity and to walk in peace. And here's here's something that, that Paul drops a little nugget of truth into us is that unity takes effort. Unity doesn't happen just by its happenstance because our natural inclination, our natural sinful human nature is contradictory to everything that is being talked about of humility, gentleness, patience, bearing in love, choosing and pursuing unity and peace. Our human nature is completely in in opposition of that. We are people that are selfish. We are people that are greedy. We are people that are self-exaltation and and self-exalting and prideful. Unity takes effort. Unity means you are not always going to get your way or be recognized for your thoughts. You may be the smartest person in the room, but you don't have to let everybody know that you're the smartest person in the room. I tell my brother that all the time. My brother is like, so, gosh, when we talk, he's like, you're, you're, a little, you're a little much. And I have to remind him, like, yes, you may be the most educated person in the room, but at the end of the day, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything when people hate you, when people can't stand anything you're saying because it invalidates. Your hatred invalidates everything that you're saying. It takes effort because guess what? Maybe not everybody in the room is going to know that I am right and I'm correct. That's rooted in insecurity. When you need to prove that you're smarter than everybody else or know things better than everybody else, right? That's an insecurity because you're thinking it's a deficiency. Like, gotta prove something. It takes effort. It takes effort to go, you know, I may not be able to have my explanation mark in that that discussion or that conversation or that Facebook post or that that little Snapchat or Instagram post that they're posting. Being spiritually mature is not just personally choosing unity but pursuing it. And guess what? Squashing every enemy of unity. Being spiritually mature is not just you sitting there going, I'm going to choose unity. But it is going, I'm going to pursue it, and I'm going to squash every enemy that rises itself up against you. How does that that manifest? How does that work? Sometimes when people are saying things that they shouldn't be saying about other people made in the image of God, sometimes it's not just enough to be silent. It's enough to go, that person is made in the image of God we shouldn't be talking about. Sometimes it's going, no, that is wrong because that is hurtful to someone else. No, we we can't talk like that. We can't joke like that because somebody is going to be hurt through that. Being spiritually mature is making sure that the the enemy of unity, the root of disunity, does not enter into the platform to the best of my ability. It means that being spiritually mature fights for the unity. It allows you, you are going to fight for it. It doesn't matter if someone scoffs at you or mocks at you. You are going to walk, and you are going to build yourself up to be strong and courageous in the Lord and stand for biblical truth, and that people are made in the image of God, and we're not going to work to desecrate it. This is the, what else Paul continues to do. As we drop it down to, to verse 11, he starts talking about church leadership. Why is church leadership talking is important. It says, God gave to the church apostles and teachers and preachers and pastors and, and all of the above it. Why is that important? Because he's showing us that, that in order to be spiritually mature and to walk in unity, submission to church leadership is important. What do we talk about? Those five things that we mentioned, what are they called? They're called the five-fold ministry. It's how the, the church is growing, it's how the church is operating. It is your pastors. It is your teachers. It is your, your evangelists. It is your apostles. It is, it is all of those wrapped up together that are making the church grow and making you grow as an individual. And submission to church leadership is a part of your spiritual maturity that helps you walk in unity. Now, how do, your, how do your leaders, how do your pastors, how do your teachers, how do, how do all of those people help you grow spiritually and how they demonstrate It's because they are living a life of sacrificial love for their flock. Let's look at Jesus. Jesus stepped down from heaven and he dwelt among us. He dwelt among the flock. He had no business being down here. But he was sacrificial, his love for us was so sacrificial that he was willing to lay down his life for the betterment of other people. So what does that show us? It shows us that we are what? Most like Christ when we what? Surrender our rights. The the church leadership, and when we submit to church leadership, we learn that how to live a life of sacrificial love. And they teach us by showing us how to walk in humility. They do it by example. They do it by example, by, by their sacrifice, by their dedication, by their intentionality, by their visitation, by their, by their care, by their direction, by their, by their hours of study and teaching. They show us how to walk in humility. How did Jesus do it? I must make y'all wash each other's feet again tonight just to prove a point, because how did Jesus show us how to walk in humility Is he took off his outer garment, and he put put down a disciple, one of his friends, one of the ones that are in his flock, who would eventually deny him and desecrate his name, and what did he do? He wiped his feet. He washed his feet from the dirt and the muck and the miry and the dirt of of society and what he was going through. And that was not his position. He was a king. He is God. And he stood up and he's laid himself down so low that he would be undignified to show us how to walk in humility. Your, Your leaders and submission to church leadership will show you how to walk in humility so that you too may be able to lead people in your realm of influence. How else does submission to church leadership help you? It's by the preaching of the Word. Acts chapter, Acts chapter 2 and 3 talks about they stayed together and they were devoted to the apostles' teaching and to community. There's, there's wisdom from your teachers, there's wisdom from your keeper leaders, there's wisdom from your pastors, there's wisdom from apostles, there are wisdom from people in the faith. And guess what, they are teaching you and giving you revelation of how to live a life of, of Christ-like, how to live a life that is worthy of the calling of Jesus Christ. So you want to be spiritually mature, you want to live united, you don't want to be tossed to and fro from the the ways of everything else, from one fad to the next fad, to to one political scheme, to the next political scheme, to to one cultural revolution, to the next. Well, guess what? Submit under church leadership, and it's teaching, because as you sit and as you understand the biblical truth, it says that you will no longer be like a baby uh, stuck on milk, but you'll be Leaned and leans into into fullness and into meat, so that you will no longer be tossed to and fro. What is a person that is tossed to and fro that is an immature person? A person that is no longer and is incapable of standing up against the weight of the current that is coming against them. Here's our, here's our issue, is that so many in our culture are unwilling to submit to mentorship and to leadership. So guess what? They get caught up into the next cool thing, the next Facebook post, the thing that'll, that'll tickle their ear, the thing that is targeted towards them to create, to create a, a response so that it can serve somebody else's agenda rather than serving God's agenda. Us, to be spiritually mature, we need to be walking in unity, and we need to be walking in unity by walking in submission to, to number one, the Spirit of God and the the fruit of the Spirit and the church leadership because they are here to direct us and help us and and correct us and chastise us. And they they live a life of sacrificial love so that we may be able to understand what Christ had done for us and for us to be able to grow so that we can be strong in our influence around everyone else. Spiritual maturity comes from a combination of the work of church leadership and the intentionality of the belief. You can't live your life just wrapped up on the intentionality and the work of church leadership. You will never grow into your full spiritual maturity if all you ever do is live from Sunday, Sunday, Sunday sermon, and Wednesday sermon to the next. You want spiritual maturity? Well, guess what? You need to learn how to be intentional about your own personal growth. How do you do it? You read the Word. You pray. How do you do it? Ask one of your leaders to help you walk through. Because, you know, we need to be able to walk in unity in this time of life. Because if we are constantly divided, we are constantly divided as a church, if we are constantly allowing ourselves to, to be pulled in one direction and swayed to another direction and taking from one narrative to the next narrative, all it will ever do is produce hatred and all it will ever do is produce a sense of division inside of us. But when we walk united, When we live united, here's what happens. Our hearts and our minds change. When we walk united and we live united with one another, and I decide and I go, you know what? Marley may not look like me. Marley may not talk like me. Marley may not grow up the same way that I am, but I choose to be united to her. We may disagree on surface things, but guess what? We agree on the bond of Jesus Christ and the sonship and the godship of of Jesus Christ and the supremacy and the omniscience of God. We agree on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, guess what? Now me and her can walk united. And so what happens when when I see something in the news about sex trafficking, about a 16-year-old girl being sex trafficked? No longer is it just some random human being that I can either go, oh, well, she's earned it, she's deserved it, or have compassion. But my mind and my heart— be able to connect people and situation and people group to a specific name, which, guess what, creates an empathy inside of me. So now when I see injustice, now when I see things that are opposite and in contrary to his kingdom, I am moved by compassion because I chose to be united. And that leads to my spiritual maturity one of the the biggest gifts that i think god has ever given me was to be able to be the minority in my friend group i grew up i grew i was the only white person in my friend group and a part of maturity and spiritual maturity is being able to connect and guess what me and, me and some of my friends have had these conversations these hard conversations of stand up or sit down sort of conversations do you believe do you not believe and you know what we may not have saw eye to eye what breaks my heart and what what breaks my heart towards injustice is because no longer is it a name that I've never heard. It becomes a name that I lived with and I grew up with and I, I had a relationship with and we've prayed for one another. We've been through the hardships. That created an empathy. We must choose to live united with one another. We must choose to go beyond the surface things and look and bond with one another on a spiritual level. So that the world may know his goodness. Because the fruit of walking in maturity and unity is being able to speak the truth what? In love. Speak the truth how? In love. It ain't speaking the truth with my hands tied up in your face. It's speaking the truth in love. And guess what? With respect of the body as much as we respect. When I'm united and walking in the fruit of maturity, I am speaking truth in love and with respect. And that's changing. People are changed by that. When I don't come up in your face and we may disagree and I'm trying to out yell, you know, I hate yelling. I hate when when people start yelling at each other, like shut up. It's the most selfish thing you can ever do. Yelling is the most selfish thing you could ever do. Because what it is doing is going, I am going to be so much louder than you, so I can force you to submit and listen to what I'm saying. It's immature. Put down a precedent. When, when you all get married and start dating, go, we're not yelling at each other because we're going to treat each other with respect. You can go through an argument without having to scream in like, I've disagreed with Cassidy in some senses, and you know, me and her never yell at each other's face. We're not dating. But, like awkward lying <laughs> Throw that out there. We want that to face somewhere. But that yelling becomes an act of outright selfishness. Because when I'm yelling, I am saying, I'm going to make myself so loud that you have no choice but to shut up and listen. But when we make the decision to walk and talk, tell the truth in love and with respect, everybody's heard. You end up being humble because you realize you don't know everything. You may learn a different perspective, you may learn something new, and and guess what? You'll end up making a friend, you'll end up bonding with one another, and, and guess what? You'll create a little bit of an empathy in your heart. You'll be a little bit more compassionate to people that you don't understand and you don't get. And then guess what? That ends up leading someone to know the goodness and to see the face of God. Through our spiritual maturity, of being able to be kind and respectful of one another because we choose humility we choose to lay down our rights and surrender our rights that's being spiritually not being able to throw a Bible verse out to, to, to fit your greatest cause and your best need that you have spiritual maturity is being able to embody and to be able to show and lead people to the kindness and the goodness of even when it's hard and even when you don't agree. So will you stand with me tonight? What I want to do is, is I want us to, I don't want us to pray for ourselves. Let's pray for ourselves when we get home and go, God help me, because that's, it's, it's gonna take out a little bit of time, We three minutes and God can't fix you in three minutes right now. So go home, go home and pray about yourself. Go home and go, God, help me to live spiritually, mature, and united with the people of God. Help me to learn humility. Help me to learn how to to walk in love and to tell truth in love. How to to bear with one another in love. How to communicate respectfully and respect the image of God that's on the ground. Do that. What I want us to do right now is I want us to pray for unity in our church and in our nation. And you know what? Here's I want to leave you with a little tidbit. If you go, like, if you see the far right kind of political thing, and you go, oh, I don't know if I fully fit there, and then you look at the left and go, hmm, I don't fully fit there either, guess what, you're probably in a good place because we are not citizens of a nation, we are citizens of a kingdom. And there's no earthly policy, no earthly political party that will ever be able to fully align with the gospel. If you feel that tug of war going like, oh, well, I see what they're saying. Oh, I feel it. You're in a good place. And you're not like brainwashed. Praise God, I'm not brainwashed yet. So what I want us to do is I want us to, to pray that as a church, we would be united. And then I want us to pray that as a nation, we would be united. That we would choose humility. That we would choose to be respectful. That we would choose to walk in love with one another. And that the spirit of hatred, which is demonic, the spirit of disunity, which is demonic, would be dispelled from our nation. That spirit of disunity is chaos, and God is not the author of chaos; He's the author of peace. So let's let's pray. Don't just don't just listen to me. I want you to pray out loud. It's your nation too. It's your country too. It's your church too. If you want to walk in peace. You want to live in peace. Start praying peace. Let's pray. God, we just thank you for your spirit tonight. God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you for your word that it is convicted, God. That it will change and challenge our hearts. That it will change and challenge our mind. Lord. God, I thank you that your word, God, would offend us, God. And I pray, God, that our hearts as we are offended, as we are offended by your truth, God. God, as your love and kindness shows us and illuminates us truth, God. God, I pray that our hearts would be fully open. That our hearts would be fully surrendered. That our hearts would be fully fully understood within you, God, and Lord, I pray that, that we would be people that are passionate about spiritual maturity and unity, Lord, God, that we would fight for unity, that we would fight for truth, that we would fight for justice, that we would fight for righteousness, Lord, God, that we won't look to a political party or, or a cultural movement or a social movement for our for our peace, God, we won't look to, to something else for our comfort, but God, all we would look towards is you. And God, I pray within our church, in Lavonia Church, God, and within our church body, and in the the global church, Lord, that we would be united under the kingship of You. We would be united and in pursuit of seeing Your kingdom come, Your will be done, not ours, God, not our our kingdom, not our agenda, Lord, but truly Your agenda, Your will, God, Your plan, and Your purpose for us, Lord. And God, I pray that our hearts would be convicted, our hearts would be would be led to repentance. For, for building up kingdoms that are not of you, Lord, and calling them you and bringing your name, God, or desecrating your name or, or making your name not appealing to other people because we are always fighting for our rights, God. But I pray that we would lay down our rights and our, we would surrender our rights to you, Lord. We would surrender our rights to your kingdom, to your will, God. And Lord, we just pray for our country right now that there would be unity, Lord God, as young people, as people that have ambition and hunger, that are, are people of the future, Lord, that we would not be silent in our prayers, Lord. But we pray and we command unity within our nation, Lord. We take authority, God, over the spirit of chaos. We take the authority over the spirit of hatred. God, we take authority over the spirit of division, Lord, and we cast it out, Lord, and we claim, we claim and we we welcome unity, God, we welcome peace. God, we welcome love, God. We welcome healing into our midst, God. We welcome compassion in the fruit of the Spirit, Lord. And God, I pray, God, that you would give us the grace and the mercy to walk it out, to see your hand. God, to see your grace and your mercy in our life, Lord. Let us walk in your freedom. Let us walk in your life. God, even when it's hard, give us the boldness. Even when it's difficult, give us the boldness to choose to walk like you, to walk in the Spirit, to walk by by the fruit of the Spirit in our life, Lord. Let us not not compromise for the the sake of being right, for the sake of our own insecurity and our own self-exaltation, Lord. God, but we would choose. We would choose to walk united in you. We would choose to walk united in your spirit. That we would choose, God. I pray that it would start within us. That it would start within us. Unity would start within us, Lord. God, open our hearts. Open our minds again. Open our spirits again to walk in the fullness of your presence, God. God, let us see your kingdom come. Your will be done in our nation, Lord, and in all the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you all for coming tonight. Walk in unity. Make a choice. Make a choice tonight that you are going to walk in peace and in unity, walking in the truth, even when you don't agree. Make that choice. All right, we love you. We'll see you guys on Sunday morning.